Look at that. How could you not love that? All right. We didn't do it yesterday. We didn't do it the day before. We didn't do it the day before that. We said we were going to do it. We didn't. But today we are. We're talking football. We're answering your football questions. It's on Locked On Syracuse. It starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Thursday episode of Lockdown Syracuse. Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today we're talking football. We talked a lot of basketball and the misery that that brutal program brings us. Now it's time to talk about a team that had a winning record. Uh, isn't it crazy that the football team more recently had a winning record in a season than the basketball team. That's nuts. Um, Absurd. Seven and five as Dino Babers and the Orange finished the football season. A lot of injuries this year, a lot of ups and downs. Honestly, the most wild roller coaster Syracuse football has taken in quite a long time. Had to the, the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. Um, but Dino Babers was there through it all. Uh, let's answer some questions. We asked you on Twitter to hurl questions at us about football, telling you that we would answer them, and then we didn't. But now we are. Uh, thank you if you're one of the people who did ask us a question, as without you, these episodes aren't possible. Uh, we're going to start with Michael, who is a loyal replier. So, Michael, we appreciate you. Uh, he says, what bowl game slash opponent would you guys prefer? I feel like that is the most burning question of them all, as it is nearing bowl season and we're going to hear about bowl games uh very very shortly there are a couple of options here although some news that was near that was very recently brought to my attention from the wonderful mr valentine is that the university went out of its way to ask the committee the bowl committee hey don't put us in the fenway bowl because that's our finals week and we want you know the athletes to be able to take their finals and we want the students to enjoy the bowl game and we want them to travel. So don't put us in Fenway Bowl. And the Fenway Bowl, I'll tell you what, was the overwhelming uh, majority of choices from outlets. A lot of outlets thought Syracuse was playing in the Fenway Bowl. 24-7 sports, Athlon sports, CBS sports, college football news, uh, ESPN. Everybody thought Fenway Bowl is where it's at for Syracuse. But likely not going to happen now. I don't know. I'd assume that the committee heeds that and they say, okay, like that's pretty reasonable. Um, I'm not on it, but I feel like that's an entirely reasonable request. Uh, other options, the Gasparilla Bowl, which I don't think is a popular one down at the Trop in St. Petersburg. Uh, and then there's also the Pinstripe Bowl. Isn't it a little bit wild that every bowl that Syracuse is likely to play in is in an AL East baseball stadium. Like it's yeah. kind of absurd. So either Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, or the Trop. <laughs> I think that's a little bit crazy. Um, I don't think anybody wants to go play at the Trop. Maybe some people want to go to Tampa. I don't really think so. Selfishly, I'd love if it were the Pinstripe Bowl because I could go to it very easily. Um, but I mean, let's not be 
let's be honest, like none of these bowls are incredibly exciting. It's not like they're going to a huge bowl game. Like it's not like it was the Camping World Bowl where that was pretty cool uh, yeah. that they got to go down there and do that. This is just a you know regular old whatever bowl game that Syracuse is. Pinstripe Bowl, you know, been there, done that kind of thing. How do you feel about it? Yeah, you know, I, here's my thing. I, I don't think, outside of the fact that the Gasparilla Bowl is cool in terms of being able to travel to a warm place, uh, in terms of Syracuse fandom and for those that would get on a plane and, and go down to that game, you know, it's cool to be able to go somewhere warm uh, as as the weather gets cold up here and it's it's winter time and I got hit by an absolutely murderous wind every time I open the door of my house or car today. Uh, it's nice to think warm, but, but the guest Bowl is not the answer and not what people want in terms of getting to a warm location. This could be a hot take. I, I enjoy the pinstripe bowl. Uh, I, I like that it's local ish uh, because it does mean that you get so many Q's fans down there and yeah, it becomes totally. like an orange hub. Uh, and even though it's it's by no means what you want, especially given the the way the season went, it's it's convenient for the university. Uh, I think someone was tweeting about this the other day about you know the relation with with the university and the Yankees at this point playing a couple of games down there, playing in the Pinstripe Bowl in the past, uh, works really well for for travel and transportation and the home crowd and fans being able to get out there. Is it perfect? No. Is it still like? not what you want in terms of bowling and bowl season. Uh-huh. But I, I don't hate it. Uh, Fenway, I don't think I was sold on or really excited about, but it would have been cool to be in a new location, I guess, in terms of bowl games. Uh, there's not really, like, of the options that are being projected for Syracuse, like, there's not a great one where I'm, like, overjoyed and ecstatic, which is, I think, why I am as high up on – you know, I'd be okay, and I, I think I'd enjoy them going to the Pinstripe Bowl at this point, given the other two options, and especially given the fact that you know Fenway Bowl is has been asked to not go. Yeah, um, in terms of opponents, it's a little bit of a similar case in terms of there aren't uh, you know a plethora of options. It's from you know those outlets, those same outlets I mentioned prior. East Carolina is a really big pick for a lot of places wisconsin has been named memphis espn thinks cincinnati um we talked about this a little bit before we started it would be cool to play wisconsin uh a a a program that has historically turned out some really good products jonathan taylor uh what comes to mind most recently Uh, they of course being in the big 10 play a lot of good competition every year that would just be kind of cool to play uh, a team like wisconsin ECU, Memphis, I don't know how much that would get me excited personally, but uh, hey, at, at that point, I'm just enjoying the bowl game. Um, yeah. Who do you want to see? I think I, I side with you in Wisconsin. Uh, I am a Seattle Seahawks fan, uh, so you know I'm disappointed Russell Wilson's name stayed out of your mouth the entire time. Uh, even, if it was only, even if it was only partially uh, with Wisconsin. Uh, NC State. I, I do like. I, I saw uh, Action Network in their projection has a Syracuse East Carolina game, which, per their metrics, would be a pick'em. Which I, I think it is pretty cool to go in a game that is a genuine coin flip. Whereas there might be some games where, I don't know. I, I'm intimidated by a Wisconsin team, even if it is a down Wisconsin, and a Wisconsin that's not as dominant or strong as they have been in years past. Uh, I, I do think 
a game against East Carolina presents an opportunity to win uh, and a solid yeah, opportunity to win, also, which is what people want, right? You're eight and five, which is a hell of a lot more redeeming than seven and six uh, when all is said and done. I think um, this game likely going to be a little bit more competitive than the Camping World Bowl was mm-hmm. uh, because Will Greer didn't play in it. West Virginia's yeah. quarterback. And I think, you know, everybody obviously was pumped to win a bowl game, but I think everybody in the back of their mind was like, our quarterback didn't play. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, yeah. whatever. Uh, anyway, um, there's your answer on that. Uh, on the other side, we're going to answer some more of those. So there's plenty of that where uh, those came from from that tweet. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online real quick. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the bet head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All righty. Um, question number two bowl game opt out predictions for Syracuse. This one a little bit more interesting. Um, you know, obviously injuries have taken their toll on guys that I might have picked, like Garrett Williams or something like that. Um, Michael Jones may be a name that opts out in hopes of staying healthy for the draft. Uh, Bergeron, a name that comes to my head, perhaps. Though, I mean, I don't see, I don't see like Sean not playing or like Schrader's going to play. Of course, he's coming back. Uh, I, I mean. What comes to your head? Anybody? No one. I mean, and obviously I, I would assume someone does or one or two guys might, but like there's not really a name that I, I guess is jumping off the page. Michael seems like it might be the answer, but at the just because of, you know, battling a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, Michael also seems like the kind of guy, the kind of leader that wants to be right there more than anything in the world, totally, which is totally. where I, I sort of side that he's he's going to play in this football game. This could be – I'm going to go out on a limb here, and you could say I'm insane or I'm dead wrong. You're insane. You're dead wrong. Sean Tucker jumps out as a guy that doesn't play in this game. Really? Maybe. I, I, I don't – he strikes me as a guy that – you know, maybe is is set on where he is and doesn't need to go down and is ready to go. You don't think there's go. any chance he comes back? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he there should is. come back. I think but... he should, honestly. I don't think really? he Really? I think he yeah. – I don't think he should in hindsight. I think there is merit to it given the season, and there could be some benefit to it. But I, I think – you know, now that you mentioned, there's too much downside for him coming back yeah. and not enough upside, uh, also, which is why Max I, said I to think us there's the a pod. chance. Sure. I was just going to say, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Um, the thing Max said to us on the pod last Friday, with running backs these days, a guy like him, he knows he's probably going to the league, and mm-hmm. you got to get your money early as a running back these days because yep. not a lot of them stick around. So, I mean – it just makes sense to me that Sean would want to go, uh, which maybe he sits out then. Maybe that plays to your point, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I feel like Bergeron, who's already dealt with some injury down the stretch here, I don't really see him playing in this game. Honestly, yeah, I could see this game being like a huge 
offensive line showcase for the new guys. We know Bleich yeah. is coming back, so he's going to play. That's cool. Um, but other than that, I think that it could be, you know, Bergeron's gone. Uh, like you said, Michael, I think he might sit out. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the clear-cut answer was, was Garrett Williams. Um, and there's no decision to be made there now. Um, but, like, you know, fringe first-round guy, there's your clear-cut answer. Let's, you know, the draft stock is secure. The payday is imminent. Just just relax. But there's there's no decision to be made there right now. There is, I mean, there's room to gain for a lot of these guys uh, if they do choose to play, uh, which I think, you know, leads them in the right direction. Uh, you talked about Bergeron. O-line injuries are too simple, too quick, uh, can happen at any point, which is, you know, an O-lineman strikes me as a, a decent decision not to play in this game uh, in terms of securing some health, but at the same time, you know, another another game under the belt, it's a big deal, especially with, uh, you know, playing the Senior Bowl a little bit later on. Doesn't hurt, uh, unless it really does, knock on wood there, uh, that it doesn't. But it's, it's weird to see. It's interesting to see. Uh, I understand why it happens. I don't like that it happens. Uh, I don't really think anyone does, but I, I think you're insane if you don't understand where sitting out of bowl games as an NFL prospect yeah. comes into play. Uh, I don't know. I, this is this is one where like I don't like hard to predict year for the throwing year. out yeah predictions. Predict yeah, it's tough. But definitely a conversation that I'm sure we'll return to when uh, we hear who totally. is or is not. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to another one. This one from pessimistic Cuse fan. Old predictions. <laughs> uh, we covered that. Uh, next question: What is the number one thing? that Syracuse needs to do between now and August. I assume he means football, like we're talking about. Um, yeah, that's a good question. And for me, I think you could go a multitude of ways with this, uh, but the way I'm going to go is you need to clean up uh, the quarterback room a little bit. And that could mean one of two things. Either... I mean, there are like 25 quarterbacks on this team. Like, there are so many quarterbacks. Uh, what'd you say? 3,000 of them, actually. Yeah. I mean, people forget that Dylan Markowitz is still on the roster here. Wow. Jacoby and Morgan's down. here. Mark Luke McPhail still down. hanging around. There are so many. Justin Lamsom, who showed a lot of promise in the spring game. And, you know, none of them are going to play because Carlos is there. And he's not even going to play because Garrett's going to be there. So, what I think they need to do, some guys, of course, should transfer, but also you've got to develop Carlos a bunch because from what we saw, he was not good and he was not ready. There were flashes in the pan where you were like, wow, that was a good play or a nice throw or good job getting out of the pocket. But yeah, you know, he um, didn't for the grand majority too. of it. It was terrible. And they really need to figure that out or he's going to be terrible as well. Um, you but, know who I mentioned there, too, is Lenora Sellers coming into camp, too. Oh, yeah. And then, that's the other thing that I was going to mention, too. You're totally right. That I almost forgot is that Lenora Sellers, who is a hand-picked quarterback, this guy's scoring every point in the nation, he's coming, too. So yeah. there's that to deal with as well. Yeah. you you got to clean house in the quarterback room 100%. Uh, not clean house, but it just – I mean, there need to be guys that leave. Uh, or they need to understand what's happening because there's – you know, scholarships to be used on 
you know, even risky transfers at that point that are going to be more beneficial than quarterback six and quarterback five in terms of, you know, the longevity of Syracuse. Uh, in other things, obviously, there's a ton of benefit in hitting the transfer portal for some O-line depth, uh, getting some depth literally anywhere you can. You're going to lose a good amount on the defense. So bringing in some some defensive guys and before August, you, you need names to join this list, right? We haven't talked about it in a few weeks, and that's because the list hasn't changed. The 2023 recruited class for Syracuse football is sparse. Uh, you need to add some names to that list. Uh, really, where the names go, it's it's okay wherever they end up being. Uh, I don't think they necessarily need more running backs for 23, um, but you know, O line, defensive line, honestly, defensive backs really. Uh, the receivers seem all right, although a couple of guys have left now. Entered the transfer portal already. Not uh, Anthony Queeley. In terms of Queeley, in terms of Courtney Jackson. So really, I the way this team looks right now, you can take depth anywhere, and it will yeah. benefit this team uh, moving into sure. next year. There's a lot that needs to happen before August, um, and just a lot of it we, we don't know the answers to yet because of the, the chaotic and unpredictable and – inevitable numerous conversations that arise from this beast called the transfer portal. Yeah. And that's the next question in this guy's tweet. Pessimistic Hughes fan is biggest needs in the transfer portal. I think it's just like you said, depth in a lot of places. I was thinking about DB who's playing DB besides deuce next year. It's Isaiah Johnson. It's Jeremiah Wilson. We didn't see as much of Jeremiah Wilson this year as I think we thought we would. And Jason Simmons is going to be on his way out too next year. Yeah. Uh, maybe you target there in the transfer portal. Yeah, that'd be huge. The defensive line, I think, could use a huge name from the transfer portal just to stick in there uh, and and be a guy who just you know comes in and is the new face of that line. Uh, honestly, you know they they've needed a receiver since Jamal Custis and Taj Harris left the school. Maybe I guess they got one in Tristan Jackson, but they really don't have. I mean, Rondé's fantastic. He really is is quite good, but they don't have like a huge out wide running down the sideline threat. I thought Damian Alford would be that guy. He really wasn't. He made a couple beautiful catches this season uh, when he was thrown to, but they don't have a guy that you can throw it up 50-50 ball kind of thing and he'll pull it down. Um, yeah, I thought Damian could have been that, like whatever he stands, 6-6, whatever. Uh, but he just didn't really end up being that this year. Maybe he will next year. Um, yeah. But maybe they could go out after somebody like that as well. Offensive line, like you said, Owen, in the recruiting trail and in the transfer portal, I feel like you can never have enough. Uh, yeah. So that could be a thing too. 100%. Uh, there's there's not really, as I said, there's not a position that I would be like, Ugh, they really got another one unless it's quarterback at this point. Uh, I think there's merit, there's benefit. Uh, and this team is going to be better for it. Uh, adding some depth or not even depth, adding a big name or a star or a starter at the uh, at any position at this point. All right, let's uh, move on to another reply. This person says, outlook on offensive line for next year. Uh, 
that's a, a pretty good question. Let's put all the depth and you know recruits and transfer portal aside and look at what they have right now going into next year. Like I said, Bleich is coming back. You do have him. Um, I believe Kalan Ellis will be back as well, so there's that. Finally, Carlos Vettorello, after his 45th season at Syracuse, is finally leaving. Um, so you're going to have to replace him. But you've got guys like Enrique Cruz, who was talked up all preseason by Matthew Bergeron as being next up and being the next big name on that offensive line. And I think people should be excited about Enrique Cruz. Uh, so you have that to look forward to. Jacob Bradford is another name on that line who got some playing time. It's going to be the kind of line uh, that, I mean, it's going to be young. It's, it's going to be a very young offensive line. And that's not always a good thing. You usually want to go into a season knowing that the the line has been together for however long. But what you do have is that they've been together behind the other guys for quite a while. Josh Iloa, another name that I forgot to mention, yeah, there, I was just gonna say, who Iloa. is really, really talented in the time that we've seen him too. So I, I think that the solace you can take is that maybe these guys haven't had a ton of time. They played the entire BC game, but they've at least been together, working together for it's going to be a couple seasons now. Um, so I'm not really scared or worried about the offensive line. I honestly think they're going to be fine because the other thing is Syracuse has done a decent job of develop, developing offensive linemen. Think about guys uh, like Sam Heckel or, or transfer Coda Martin uh, or, you know, Aaron Service, who was pretty solid. Bergeron, of course, is the biggest name as of late. They do a pretty good job of that. So the offensive line isn't something that I'm too worried about. No, and I'm also going to say this, right? It's it's not like the offensive line was something miraculous this year, although it might have been anticipated to be really solid and really good coming into the year. Wrongfully so. I was in that boat as well. It, it, it's not like they're they're replacing this incredible unit at this point in time. Uh, so I, I think these guys come in with some, as you said, hidden experience, I guess I would refer to it as. They've been playing together a lot. Uh, I'm sure they're familiar, uh, getting used to it. They've had their moments. You know, Cruz has been on the field a decent amount with injuries and things like that. Um, there, there are some options there. I will always say this: uh, you're you never have enough O linemen, and that's what we were just talking about. You know, if you go out in the transfer portal, maybe you get a good guy or two that that can be in the conversation to start when all is said and done. Uh, I forget the name of the guy. I saw they were they were having conversations with with an O lineman already from the transfer portal to earlier today. Uh, things are going to happen. They're going to happen fast. And I, I think the more O line names that you can bring to the table that aren't true freshmen, the better this team will be as a result. Let's try to do two more before we have to wrap up. Let's do this one quick. Just a quick fire answer out of you. What is the overall goal for the program? Is it to win a championship, make a bowl? Obviously, every program's goal is to win a championship. So next year, what is the overall goal, in your opinion, for this team? It's back-to-back bowl games is the goal for next year. And I want it to be more than that. It can't be more than that right now. Long-term goal is that they put themselves in a position that maybe they can compete for a championship. Why wouldn't that be the goal? But right now, I think the realistic goal in terms of something that's attainable but that you need to work towards is getting to another bowl game next year. You know, Dino has talked about it 
consistently good, not occasionally great. Yeah. The current Dino situation. The current situation is occasionally good, consistently bad. So yeah. if we can get into the consistently good category where they're not going to be, you know, a 12 and 0 football team by any means. But when you're going 6 and 6, then you're going 7 and 5, then you can get with a greater frequency those flash in the pan seasons where you win 10 games. Uh, and the personnel works, but you you've got to be good. So I think the goal right now mentally for me is, is next year you got to get to another bowl game. And preferably you do it in a manner that doesn't have you lose five straight so I don't tear my head yeah. out or tear my hair <laughs> out and my head off. Um, um, right? Like that, that is the goal. And at the start of the year, this season, that was the goal again, to make a bowl game. And they did. But when you're playing that well and you've got those flashes and you, you have that, then it, you know, obviously goals change as they should. They're ever moving, ever adapting. It's like a stock market, right? When things are good, they can change quickly, but your goal needs to change uh, as, as you go through and as you progress through a season. Right now, next year's goal is to make back-to-back bowl games uh, because that is what you need in order to start building a program, to start getting recruits to come here, uh, and to start establishing yourself. And Dino, <laughs> got two years left on a contract, right? Yeah. What's next? You got to start winning football games. At least get yourself to three years of consistently good to finish out that contract for me it's just improve on this year so whatever the record is this year try to be better next year I all like right that too. um let's last question maybe in second to last if we can get it in probably the last one who do you think are the main returners next year who are the guys that are going to be the cornerstone of the team next year that you are like all right those are supposed to be the stars of the team first one that comes to my head Aronde Gadsden. He's the star 100%. of the team next year, star of the offense. I mean, Schrader, technically, I don't know yeah. how there are some Schrader lovers out there. He's going to be the quarterback for the third year in a row. He's got to be a star. I'm assuming Sean's leaving, so I'm not including him in this. Um, I go Deuce on the, is the first name on the defensive Deuce, side. Totally, 100% Deuce. Stefan Thompson, if he comes back. After that injury, uh, Marlo Wax, if he comes back, those are two stars right there. Um, That's the thing, right? You go you go Gadsden, Simmons. you go Schrader, you go Deuce, and then there's a lot of ifs if they come back, yeah, if they come totally. back. And, I think Simmons would be really good, though. Yeah, year. he's definitely shown it. He's talented. I, um, I don't have other names right now. I mean, there's there's a bank of guys that could step up. And be a sure. huge returner, um, but I—I I mean, in terms of underrated guys money right now, I, I'm not going to really go outside. Of, I don't even know if I want to throw Schrader in that mix right now. In terms of the biggest names and who the you know biggest name on offense should be Aronde Gadsden, biggest name on defense should be Deuce Chestnut. Who else steps up yeah. to the table? Who else is there? Uh, is to be determined. And there is, frankly, I don't have enough info to make that decision yet. Or do I, I think, want to put myself on the line making that decision just yet? I think a hugely underrated player coming back next year will be Anmore Sparrow. Ooh, um, I like he that. He was really, really good this year in the limited time that he saw. He's playing backup linebacker. He got shoved into the first team on and off throughout the entire season. Sack and a half on the year, five and a half tackles for loss, 40 tackles on the season. He forced two fumbles, recovered one of them broke up a couple passes. He kind of plays safety. 
He's been really, really good. He's technically a freshman this year because of a red shirt and the COVID year. So he goes into his fourth season next year as a sophomore. Wrap your head around that. I think Sparrow is going to be really, really good next year. I'm going to go bold. I'll I'll throw a name out there. I know I just bashed myself and said I wasn't going to. Right now I got this weird sensation, this weird thought that LaQuint Allen becomes a a huge name on this offense. Uh, I could eat that in a little while, in a couple of months. You might. I could eat that comment. But I I see LaQuint Allen as a guy that, that can make that step. Um, because we've seen it in glimpses, not always, right? There have been bad moments uh, or just moments where it, it wasn't great. But I, I think he's shown me a little bit that I, I want to be hopelessly optimistic right now uh, as we have, what, six, seven months before uh, that decision comes to fruition or not. Maybe even yeah. nine months. I don't know how to do math right now. Um I don't hate that at all. He's going to get a lot of carries. Um, Juwan Price is going to get see some time too. Yeah. Uh, and this is, of course, considering or uh, assuming Sean is going to leave. Um, but, yeah, I think those are some decent picks uh, for both sides. Jihad Carter is a guy Ooh. we didn't mention. Okay. Uh, he's going to be an absolute star as well. I can't believe it took us that long. Because he was fantastic this year. I mean, what a jump Jihad Carter took this season. And yeah. he's going to be even better next year. So Jihad Carter, another guy who's going to be fantastic for Syracuse. All right. Unless you got anything else, Owen, that's uh, um, that's all the time we've got. I do not. I'm going to write down a bet prediction. Okay. Um, for tomorrow night on Thursday night football. This is... Not gambling advice. This is just me putting myself out there. I am going to take the Bills Patriots over 43 and a half. Wow. You heard it here first. This is not gambling advice. In fact, it may dismay you from gambling. gambling I'd say to do the opposite. Well, that's not gambling advice either. Um Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen. For your next one, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We'll see you tomorrow.